0: Welcome back, it's just gone half seven on a Thursday That means John Giles is with us on the line Evening John Evening Nathan Uh, So Manchester City had a big win last weekend 12 in a row now in the Premier League Seeing off Chelsea For a lot of people it felt as though that was the title done And the conversation sort of turned to Where Manchester City are in the pantheon of greats And a feeling that maybe this Manchester City side Is, dare I say it, boring In how they go about their business Do you look at this Manchester City team And think they're boring in any way?
1: No no, they're very good, Nathan. I I, I don't. I think uh, when they played a lot of football, like most teams do, playing mm. across the back and out and that, and uh, some people find that boring. But I find in football if whatever you're doing, if it's effective, Nathan. Yeah. You know, and obviously with Manchester City, it's effective. You know, we've seen different teams over the years. They play in a different way. I mean, Manchester City style is nowhere like Liverpool, or so vice versa. Uh, and over the years, you know, you get different styles of play. But it's it's uh, like Arsenal at one stage under Wenger wasn't appreciated as being attractive to watch. Mm. But again, very, very effective. You know, Mourinho's teams over the years have never been regarded as attractive to watch. But again, effective. And, and if you ask me my opinion, if a team's effective, then... It's okay with me, Nathan, right. you
0: know? Do you think they are sacrificing some flair to be effective when you look at the amount of attacking talent that they have at Bruyne, Foden, Grealish, Mares, Sterling, that I don't want to say it's safe at times, but quite often they, they don't take maybe as many risks as they could because they want to just ensure they get the job done, that, that there is a way that maybe Guardiola could let them play a bit looser but would that be sacrificing something then in terms of how strong they are defensively?
1: Yeah, well, you know, any team that you see, they can always do things differently, Nathan, and better. Hmm. You know, like if you look at Manchester City at the moment, they tried to sign uh, Harry Kane at the start of the season and didn't get him. So without a leading striker, really, and what they're doing is, uh, is very, very, uh, very, very good. I mean, Aguero was the big man, and he was scoring, what, 40-odd yeah. goals a season. They don't have that now. So they play Foden, or they play Grealish, or they don't have a regular goal striker. I mean, they, well, uh, Yazu is the best, but he's not playing particularly well yeah. as an out-and-out striker. But the players you mentioned there, like whether it be Grealish or Foden, uh, De Bruyne, uh, they're not a, they're not a, they're not a, uh, actual goal scorers as well. well, they are scoring enough goals every week between them. Uh but I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be too caught up with the attractiveness of it. Right. It's it's more the effectiveness of it. But I think the way they're playing, they have to play with what they have. I mean, if you saw Aguero in there, or Harry Kane, they they could be well playing in a different way altogether, Nathan, you know? Yeah.
0: The... Defeat for Chelsea then coupled with the draw against Brighton during the week means it's four wins in their last 13 Premier League games for Thomas Tuchel's side, they've totally dropped out of the running for the title. What do you put it down to, the fact that it just seems to have stalled somewhat, the momentum they had, because I know six weeks ago we were looking at Chelsea and it really felt as though they were going to be able to push Manchester City and Liverpool right the way to the wire.
1: I'll give you my opinion on it, mm. uh, Nathan. And I think it's a, a, a situation where Thomas Tuchel has done a great job for them. Maybe has gone a little bit too far on his demands and his obvious uh, sort of impatience of the demands. You know, you saw last week against was mm. uh, well, Manchester City. Anyway, you know, the, Lukaku was had a, a pass to deliver and he made a mess of it. And he's up off the bench. He's out in the touchline and he's screaming his head off at him. And 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 the same with a few of the, the the players. So I think in management you have to be tough. Yeah. But sometimes you can be too tough. Right. Peyton. You know. <laughs> that... I mean, if you look at Werner's situation, you know, I don't think he's I don't think he's helped him. I think that lad's a nervous wreck. Right. Now. You know, like, and, and I, in my experience in football playing, there's, there's nobody misses a goal on purpose, Nate, or delivers a bad pass on purpose. So I always had sympathy for lads who, who would do that. Uh, I wouldn't go up and um, pat them on the back, but I you wouldn't get on to them. You yeah. know? Now, wh- what you would do in a match, say one of, one of them, the, the centre forwards, in my case, if it was Mick Jones, and he lost the ball, and he wasn't making an effort to get, to get him back, then you'd have a real go at him. or anybody else on the pitch doing that? But if anybody delivers a bad pass, that can happen to everybody. You know, or anybody on the mm. pitch? You know, I've seen some great players have a bad day. But the last thing you want to do is get onto to them, it's particularly strikers who need that confidence. And I think that's what he's doing. He's had a right go at Lukaku. And last week against Manchester City, uh, he was up off the bench a few times, and he was screaming and he was shouting and you could, that in my opinion that doesn 't help players now he might have needed to do that type of thing when he 'd come into the club, yeah, but I think he 's gone beyond that now, and I think what, what he had in that particular way. Has become a minus rather than a plus.
0: Yeah, because we, we, you know, we've spoken a lot about Tuchel and uh, Klopp and Guardiola, particularly when we are comparing them, say, to a soldier at Manchester United and the the fear and the respect that they instilled in their players. Yes. So yes. Tuchel had that, has that. Do you feel that there's a time though that if if there's a real intensity as a manager, you need to ease up at some stage? Definitely.
1: I mean, you don't see uh, uh, Guardiola you know, getting to the edge of the pitch and having a, a real go at somebody for missing a goal or, uh, you know, a pass. So you, you get on to them for uh, not doing certain things that they mm. should be doing, particularly when you lose the ball and not chase him back. That, that, that's been always my take as a player and, and as a manager. Guys, I look enough. i played with some great players. But Mick Jones, for example, if he missed a chance, Mick was a very sensitive lad. And if you said, Mick, for heaven's sake, come on or that, he's had to go down. Right. You know, so you have to and, say you get the next with one, mate. Fellow players, but yeah. if the manager's doing it, especially strikers, Nathan. You know, they, they, it really, really ruins their confidence, and I think Vern is is is, is a nervous wreck playing for. Uh, Manchester. Mm. I think he's. I think what he, what he needed to do that when he first went in, and he got a, res, a good response. But I think I think he's gone beyond that now, where he's actually frightening the players. And that, if you do that, you knock their confidence, and you don't get the best from them. Sometimes you need a, they need a little packet Don't worry about it. You're not having a bad time. Because strikers do more than anybody else. And if you, I've seen it happen before, where lads, you know, they get a, get a telling off, and, and it gets worse. And I think that's what's happening with him now.
0: We've spoken a lot about uh, dressing room morale at other clubs, and you know. Paul Pogba's influence at Manchester United and the sense that he wants to go and how that can undermine things and and likewise maybe the potential for that at Liverpool with Mo Salah if they don't get him tied down to a new contract the Romelu Lukaku situation and how it developed a few weeks back is right in the middle of this is there a possibility that Lukaku that that interview had a destabilising effect on that Chelsea dressing room?
1: I wouldn't think so, Nathan. I don't think it would affect the players that much because it happened three weeks ago when he wasn't in the team Mm. and he did apologise to everybody. There's no doubt about that. So I think the players would say, OK, we'll we'll get on with it from there. Maybe Tuchel did as well. But the issue with Tuchel and the fellow players is two two different things altogether. I mean, if you fall out with the manager particularly, you're in big trouble. Or if he falls out with you in a team uh, dressing room sometimes one or two lads don't get on with each other Nathan for example in my opinion going back to the great Manchester United team where you Law, best in Charlton yeah they weren't particularly poly right Nathan on the pitch or off the pitch but they respected each other on the pitch and they were prof- very professional in what they did you know what I mean? There's no way that Bobby Charlton wouldn't give the ball to Georgie Best, or vice versa. You know, they got on with the job professionally on the pitch, but they but they weren't big big paliwalis on uh, in the dressing room. But they were players. But if you get a manager who's picking on somebody, or they, you know, can can destroy their confidence because he's the manager, um, then you're in big trouble. And I think Lukaku was very very silly to do the interview yeah. that he did. But I think he, he he said sorry. I think he went out and did his best. And I don't think it's because of that that Tuchel... Tuchel was there last year. They're, they're losing a couple of matches this year, Nathan. And he, I think, as a manager, he's getting too impatient with what's happening. And if you get too impatient, you get on to players. You give them more stick than they should. They lose their confidence. And sometimes they never get it back. And I think... That's the problem that's, that's there. I've seen him last week in the Manchester City match. He yeah. was up on the edge of the, field, the pitch twice or three times. Once when Lukaku missed a good chance, One when Lukaku hit a, a, bad, a bad ball that he shouldn't have hit. There was about three or four occasions that he was jumping up, and I think if he'd got the players, he'd, he'd ring their necks. And if he does that, he'd say that in the dressing room as well. Nathan. And I think you can go too far doing that.
0: At the time we said That Tuchel had handled The Lukaku situation Really well Yes Do you think Now looking at it That maybe Tuchel wasn't as forgiving As uh, he was trying To put out there publicly
1: Um, Well What we see is What he he was doing On the pitch With what the player Has been doing Mm. Now maybe he still Holds that against him Or maybe he would have Been like that anyway I think he does expect A little bit too much Of the players If somebody misses a chance like he's, he's up and he's on and he's at that player. Now, in my opinion, strikers particularly, if you do that, it doesn't help them, Nathan. It goes against them because they need the confidence to have the next chance. And if that spreads in the dressing room with two or three or four players, then, as they say, you can lose the dressing room. Yeah. And I think he's gone too far. I think when he came in, I think certain things needed to be done like that to demand of the players all the time. And that's what he did, and he did particularly well. I think that there, there are situations now where he's overdoing that particular, it, 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 overdoing the, the criticism and the obvious criticism of the players, particularly the strikers.
0: You use the word impatient there, and like impatient is a word you would associate a lot with Chelsea, particularly when it comes to their approach to managers. Uh, they've never been slow in firing managers and over the last 15, 16 years, it has worked. They've won a huge amount of titles, they've won a huge mm-hmm. amount of trophies, Champions Leagues, you name it, by when things start to go wrong, moving quickly to move on to the next manager. Yeah. Do you think, looking at Tuchel, that that is playing on his mind, that actually he can't be patient here with the players? Because if this season were to peter out, even though he's won a Champions League yesterday and a year ago, if this season was to peter out, he's under enormous pressure at the start of next season because he knows that Chelsea won't hang around.
1: Well, that could well be the case, Nathan. I don't know. But for, for, but for whatever reason, uh, he's doing what he's doing is wrong. I mean, so I think some of the other managers, sometimes you can have a hard time from the owner, you know? Mm. But, you, but you, don't, you don't take that out in the players. You know, you don't, get, you don't have to get impatient with them. But, but there, there is an obvious situation that you, that could happen that could be happening with him now it could yeah. well be no other manager has been sacked if they didn't win the league again this this year and uh, but I, I i don't think that's the case with him i think it's just that type of character Nathan,
2: mm.
1: you know that that did a big job when he was there last year and just overdoes the criticism part of it you know demands demands uh, uh, i don't know whether he was a player himself but if he was a player himself, he would know. As a player, I would know. I'm not having a good time, right? I'm playing well. I'm a couple of matches, and I'm not playing well. The last thing I need is for the manager to say, get a bloody grip on yourself And what the hell are you doing? Yeah. You know, you want the manager to say, look, I know you're having a bad time, but keep at it. You'll be okay. You'll be a good player. You're a good player. So you miss one, you get the next one. words to that effect. Do you know what I mean, Nathan? Yeah. You don't be jumping up and saying, oh, for heaven's sake, and the whole world can see you doing it. You know, some players can take it. Some players are very, very uh, fragile,
0: uh, Nathan. Well, and uh, at Paris Saint-Germain, he had his issues in terms of man management, and it, I don't think he's quite at Jose Mourinho levels at the moment of falling out with players, but we've seen with Mourinho how he goes about destabilising a dressing room, picks on a player, and then it all crumbles.
1: Yeah, well, that could, it can could happen, you see, with managers. I mean, if, if I go back to my time, I, I played under Matt Busby, would never do that. Mm. Never. You know, if you had a bad game, he'd, he, he wouldn't, he'd, he'd call you in during the week and say, look, you could be doing this, or you could be doing that. He, he never, Well, first of all, he, did, he never stayed on the touchline yeah. in those days. He used to stay in the stand. So you wouldn't know what his feelings were. He might be raging sometimes at players, but you wouldn't know that. And he certainly wouldn't do it publicly. Now, he was well able to give you telling off for certain things that you should be doing. You know, but it wouldn't be in front of anybody else. And in, in Ducal's case, I saw him last week in that particular match, and he was out on the touchline. Every time a player made a mistake, particularly the forwards, he was out on the touchline, you know, holding his head and making, making it known that he wasn't play, pleased about it. But you have to keep that to yourself. In my opinion, that is money. Don't make it public. It
0: was a real kind of statement of intent. Yeah, right from the start, they were really, really, really honest. You can be absolutely sure that they will want to leave absolutely nothing and that changing them The club championship show. Subscribe to the GEA podcast feed on the OTB Sports app now. So, uh, on the rare occasions that John Giles gave the ball away in the middle of midfield, Don Revy wasn't roaring and shouting at you, head in his hands.
1: No, never. <laughs> never. I mean, there would be certain things he'd give me a telling about uh, yeah. afterwards, you know, like, he should have done this, John, he should have done that. But that'd be in the privacy of the dressing room. There's lots of rows in the dressing room yeah. that nobody knew knew about, but he, he'd never make it public on the pitch.
0: Did Don Revy ever raise his voice? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: You mean on the pitch or on the? in e- the dressing e- room? Either. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Matt Busby would as well. Right. You know, but that would be in the privacy of the dressing room. Yeah, they'd pick and their It moments. wouldn't be a situation where he was uh, demeaning you in front of the, the, the players or saying, How did you miss that chance? Do you know what I mean? We're none of that. He'd say, you, Well, you should have more confidence or you should do this, a bit more concentration. But he wouldn't be giving you telling tell off. Yeah because he knew he was a very wise man uh, Matt Busby in terms of uh, management in in the way in which he managed I mean he had the total respect for him but there was very very little uh, shouting or bawling with him you Uh, know a a, a word from him was enough you know what I mean he knew (laughs)
0: Uh, all our football coverage is brought to you by Sky. It is an unmissable Super Sunday with Chelsea up against Tottenham. That one is live on Sky Sports. Uh, Manchester United, geez, the dressing room dynamic there is interesting. From a week ago where Cristiano Ronaldo uh, was being, you know, I think, quite critical of some of the younger players in the squad, how maybe they weren't too grateful for any advice that he was looking to give them. And then last night, Cristiano Ronaldo's taken off with 20 minutes to go and. Uh, firstly, he doesn't look particularly happy about it and uh, is involved in an interesting-looking conversation on the sideline with his manager, Ralph Rangnick. Is, I, I think Rangnick's handled it quite well so far and has played it down. Is, should you be reading anything into it?
1: Um, well, it, it, it might well be. That, yeah, that's the way of doing it. I mean, there's no player should be speaking out in the, in the papers publicly about fellow players. Ever. Mm. You know, Ronaldo's saying, well, they're not listening to me, they're not listening to that. And what it looks like is, none of it is, my, this is my fault. And, and, and Maguire had a thing in the paper last week saying, this is what we should be doing, this is what we... And, uh, you know, we should be doing this, we're not doing this, we're not that." And that's saying, more or less saying, I'm okay, but it's all the rest of you guys. And it, it's no surprise either. He was left out of the team in the last couple of weeks.
0: The sense when Ronaldo came in was that he would be a... Cantona-like figure for the younger players that his work ethic the way he went about his training would be uh, such an inspiration that he would bring all these players the talented players they have such as the Rashford and Greenwoods to another level uh, that clearly hasn't happened on the pitch uh, do you think uh, well, actually they may look that's... at Ronaldo a, uh, not in the way that Ronaldo wants them to?
1: No I think if, 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 he, if a player is doing what, what he th- what he's saying he's doing like to help the young players and mm. that that's on the pitch. You have to help them, mate, right? and off the pitch. Do you know what I mean? But and you, see, you go back to Ronaldo's time when he was first at Manchester United. He was one of the young fellas, right? Playing in a really, really good team. Mm. This is not a really good team. This is where where all the young players need as much help as they possibly can get. And I never see Ronaldo on the pitch. Actually helping Any of those players
0: Right Because he, he that, that was the point He made last week That when he was there As a young player It was sort of yeah. Drilled into him From the Roy Keane Type figures As to what it meant To be a Manchester United player And to help him develop And that He wants to be that
1: Player But that the
0: younger players Don't really want it I don't see that
1: I don't see that I, I see that as I'm doing it And they're not doing it Right. That, to be quite honest. You know, I don't... I just do not see... And I, when I'm looking at the pitch now, or looking at the match now, I, I don't see Ronaldo as doing that. And I don't think he's the type of individual that does that. I think Ronaldo has always looked after himself, Nathan. And it's one of the reasons that made him such a great goal-scoring mm. individual on the pitch. But I never saw him as a helper on the pitch of other players, young or old, to be quite honest.
0: Did Rangnick handle it the right way last night?
1: Yeah, yeah, he did. I mean, why, why, like Ronaldo said, why me? Why am I going off? Why am I going off? Well, the fact on they went on to win the match well uh, in the end, and managers have to do that no matter who it is. Right at, at this particular stage, uh, I think they were two up. Right, this is what I do now. Mm. That, that can happen, you know. But it's—I don't think it was ever happened to Ronaldo before.
0: Yeah. United obviously won the game last night. Um, mm. Convincingly, in the second half, though, Brentford uh, mm. were all over them in the first half. Yeah. Any signs of a, a breakthrough, of something different happening for Rangnick last night?
1: No, not really, United. I mean, in the first half. I mean, they could have been two or three down
2: mm.
1: at that stage. No, the goalkeeper's been brilliant this yeah. season. Actually, I think he saved more more balls than three of the, three of the goalkeepers put together. Yeah. So he's kept them in matches, under uh, uh, whether it be the new manager or... Uh, so
0: Can you see any change Since Rania came in
1: Not really <laughs> I don't That's what I'm amazed at Like, mm. like when, when I was reading his stuff It was about High pressing Most of the thing He was, he was the, the architect Of the high pressing game Right Now You see Manchester City playing That's high pressing and, and some of the other clubs But particularly Manchester City Are brilliant at it Now since he's come into Manchester I haven't seen them do that Once I haven't seen a high press once. Yeah, In any of the games, teams have been well able to play. Teams have beaten them. They, were, they, 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 they played well. They got, did well in the second half uh, the other night. Uh, but they didn't dominate the game in a way that you would see. If, if you look at anybody pressing, Manchester City are, the, are the, the the ones to watch in that. But I haven't seen anywhere near that uh, pre- this pressing game for Manchester United at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah it's uh, Same old story It feels moments of magic Here and there Saving Manchester United uh, We've got to wrap it up there John It's uh, Arsenal nil Liverpool nil Five minutes gone In the Carabao Cup Cuevin Keller starting So that's good news uh, yeah. From an Irish point of view And Arsenal have just Have they hit the crossbar to Keller save it I think a little bit of both From a free kick Right at the start of that game But still scoreless On the night And okay. on aggro It actually was a brilliant save From Cuevin Kelleher To deny Alexandra Lacazette So we'll uh, reflect on that And much more Besides next Thursday John great stuff as always Thanks Nathan Alright we keep you up to date With that on the football show with we'll a big focus on Everton as well, but still scoreless. But Arsenal are starting that game really well, and lots more to come just after these.